Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of April 8. In the news, the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan meet in Brussels. Russian Foreign Minister says French and U.S. co-chairs of the OSCE Minsk Group are refusing to cooperate with the Russian co-chair because of their Russophobic stance in light of the situation in Ukraine, and parliamentary opposition factions stage a protest in Yerevan ahead of the Brussels meeting. Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev met with the President of the European Council, Charles Michel, in Brussels on April 6. During the four-and-a-half-hour meeting, the sides agreed to convene a joint border commission by the end of April, in line with the November 26 Sochi statement, which will be tasked with delimiting the border between Armenia and Azerbaijan and ensuring a stable security situation around the border. The Armenian and Azerbaijani leaders also agreed to instruct their foreign ministers to work on the preparation of a future peace treaty, which would address all outstanding issues. The leaders also discussed the restoration of communications between Armenia and Azerbaijan in particular, and in the South Caucasus more broadly. Charles Michel welcomed the steps toward the restoration of railway lines, encouraging Armenia and Azerbaijan to also find effective solutions for the restoration of road links. In a statement issued after the trilateral meeting, Michel reiterated the EU's commitment to deepen its cooperation with Armenia and Azerbaijan to work closely in overcoming tensions and promote a South Caucasus that is secure, stable, peaceful, and prosperous for the benefit of all people living in the region. The recent tensions in Artsakh were also discussed during the meeting and the necessity of adhering fully to the provisions of the November 9, 2020 trilateral statement was once again reiterated. Michel emphasized the importance of humanitarian gestures by both sides uh, to promote confidence and uh, peaceful coexistence. He stressed the need for the full and speedy resolution of all outstanding humanitarian issues, including the release of remaining detainees and comprehensively addressing the issue of missing persons. Michel stated that the EU is ready to support this endeavor and stress that ensuring the appropriate distancing of forces is an essential element of incident prevention and tension reduction. Addressing the Brussels meeting during yesterday's government session, Pashinyan stated that the five-point plan proposed by Azerbaijan as well as Armenia's proposals in addition to those five points will be discussed during negotiations. The Armenian Prime Minister also noted that he brought up the recent aggression in Paroch during the meeting. However, discussion on the subject did not lead to a common understanding, Pashinyan noted that he did not insist on discussing it further because it is a matter to be discussed with Russia as they are the ones who have a peacekeeping mandate in Artsakh. And, and one of the issues that didn't come up in the statement was the status or future status of Nagorno-Karabakh uh, or the OSCE Munz Group mandate. And based on that it's interesting. Now we, have, we know that uh, why it probably didn't come up, the OSC Minsk Group mandate. Right. So today, Armenia's foreign minister, Arat Mirzoyan, was in Moscow having a meeting with his Russian counterpart, Sergei Lavrov. Uh, after the meeting, they had a press conference. And during that press conference, Lavrov made, I mean, I don't know, I want to call it a startling statement <laughs> that I'm going to read. Uh, it's a direct quote from the Russian. Um, he said, I don't know what the future holds because our so-called American and French partners in this group, referring to the OSC Minsk group, uh, suffering from Russophobia are trying to deny everything that concerns Russia. They have also cancelled the OSC Minsk group co-chair, 
format. Um, he's referring to the French and American co-chairs here, stating that they will not communicate with us in this format. That is their right. If they are ready to sacrifice the interests of the settlement, um, a peaceful settlement of the Gharapakh conflict and the South Caucasus in general, this is their choice. Not only this particular issue, but all other issues are being held hostage to their Russophobic policy. Now, we need to make very clear that this is Lavrov's statement, and we don't have any confirmation from the U.S. or the French. Or the Minsk group, other co-chairs, not the Minsk OSCE. Right, as we're recording this podcast now at about, you know, 5.30 in the evening, uh, this is what we know, this is what he said, and so he's basically saying that the OSCE Minsk group de facto is um, sort of dead in the water. In its present format, or in its present Mm -hmm. lineup. Well, And uh, during a joint press conference after the meeting, Lavrov also stated that demarcation and limitation of the Armenia-Azerbaijan border was also discussed with Mirzoyan, noting that an agreement about the process was reached back in Sochi in November of last year. He also added that Armenia and Russia will work towards increasing the number of Russian schools in Armenia. Right, and they also signed, uh, Lavrov and Mirzoyan signed uh, what they called a plan of consultations between the two foreign ministries for 2022 and 2023. And just we're kind of going backward here. At the start of the meeting, Lavrov uh, said that Russia is willing to continue its support uh, to Armenia and strengthening its army, as well as protecting its borders. Lavrov also noted that the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict is always uh, sort of in the center of bilateral discussions, adding that the implementation of of these different agreements that we had, you know, November 9, 2020, January 11, 2021, and November 26, uh, they will uh, be discussed. And just before the trilateral meeting in Brussels, this is the meeting between Pashinyan and Aliyev, uh, 43 members of European Parliament from all the major political groups addressed a letter to Charles Michel and Joseph Borrell, the high representative of the European Union for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy. The main concerns of the uh, parliamentarians related to the uh, Azerbaijan's policy of ethnic cleansing in the territory of Artsakh. They called on the EU leaders to use their leverage to urge Azerbaijan to stop its aggressive policy, immediately withdraw its military forces back to their initial positions, and stop any action that could endanger the indigenous Armenian population of nagorno karabakh On April 5, the day before the Pashinyan Aliyev meeting in Brussels, Armenia's parliamentary opposition factions, uh, Armenia Alliance and I Have Honor Alliance, staged a protest demanding that Nigol Pashinyan not sign any document in Brussels, which could jeopardize the future status of Artsakh. Uh, former President Serge Sarkisian was present during the rally, although he didn't speak. Uh, Robert Kocharian, however, did not participate, citing health issues. The organizers of the rally presented a resolution demanding that Armenia confirm that it is the guarantor of Artsakh's security and the right of its people to self-determination. The resolution also called to exclude any scenario in which Artsakh would have a status uh, within Azerbaijan, uh, as well as take steps toward restoring negotiations under the OSC Minsk group. Uh, I'm laughing because this is, at this point, we don't know what's happening with the Minsk group. Um, after the outcome of the Brussels meeting was made public, uh, the opposition criticized Pashinyan for the absence of any mention of nagorno karabakh announcing that this indicates that Pashinyan is ready to make far-reaching concessions uh, to Azerbaijan.
Artsakh's parliament also issued a statement prior to the meeting in Brussels calling for pan-Armenian consolidation regarding the issues that will decide Artsakh's future. In the statement, Artsakh's parliament announced its conviction that if united, Armenia Artsakh, uh, with the support of the Armenian diaspora, can face challenges threatening their national interests. The statement once again reiterated the commitment of the people of Artsakh to continue fighting for their right for self-determination. Again, prior to the Brussels meeting, Pashinyan held a phone conversation with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. This was on April 5. According to the statement released by the Armenian government, Pashinyan and Blinken discussed uh, processes taking place in the South Caucasus, including humanitarian issues and the increasing tensions in Nagorno-Karabakh caused by the actions of the Azerbaijani armed forces. The parties also stressed the importance of ensuring stability and peace in the region, the, emphasizing the importance of the OSCE Minsk Group co-chairs and their format, which we don't know where it's going. This, <laughs> this also is going to be a common theme throughout this podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, we shouldn't be laughing. This is, uh, yeah. well... Um as they say in Armenian, that's mm-hmm. why I guess. The sides also exchanged views on the demarcation and the delimitation of the Armenian-Azerbaijani border, the possibility of unblocking communications in the region, as well as the ongoing dialogue between Armenia and Turkey. Well, according to a press release uh, um, by the U.S. State Department, Blinken underscored that now was not the time for further escalation in the region, given the war in Ukraine, expressing his encouragement for further peace negotiations between Armenia and Azerbaijan. John, including Pashinyan's and Aliyev's meeting uh, with Charles Michel, he uh, reiterated that the United States is ready to help uh, by engaging bilaterally and with like-minded partners, including through their role as the OSC Minsk Group co-chair to help the countries find a long-term comprehensive solution. It's interesting that a day before, uh, Blinken is saying that you know they're ready to work within this format, and then and just they're now, emphasizing the OSC Minsk Group. This is just a matter of days. Yeah, right. and just now uh, Lavrov says that it's basically. Um, you know, finished. But. On the same day, Blinken also spoke with Aliyev, calling for restraint, de-escalation, and renewed diplomacy. Also last week, U- the U.S. ambassador to Armenia, Lynn Tracy, met with the relatives of Armenian POWs. The U.S. embassy issued a statement following the meeting, urging the release of all prisoners, as well as increased efforts to obtain information about the fate of missing servicemen, including those from 1990s, noting the pain of families who do not know the whereabouts or the fate of their loved ones. And on April 1, Marina Kalurand, the chair of the Delegation for Relations with the South Caucasus, issued a statement following a video conference she had with the co-chair of the EU-Azerbaijan Parliamentary Cooperation Committee, uh, Javanshir uh, Faizeyev, uh, calling out Azerbaijan for its recent aggression against Artsakh, as well as for the destruction of Armenian cultural heritage. According to the statement, uh, Kalurand called for the immediate withdrawal of forces Back behind the line of contact, she also stressed the need for Azerbaijan to urgently allow the planned UNESCO independent technical mission to access the region and perform its work unhindered. And so this was, uh, you know, not a statement that called on both sides, it actually called out the aggressor. And speaking about cultural destruction, on April 2, Artsakh's Ministry of Culture announced that Azerbaijani armed forces destroyed Armenian cultural heritage in Paruch and Karagaluch, which came under their control after the aggression of March 24-25. According to the ministry, the area has historical and archaeological value and has not been fully explored yet. And in international news, yesterday the UN General Assembly voted to 
suspend Russia from the Human Rights Council for allegations of atrocities committed by Russian soldiers um, during the war in Ukraine. Armenia was among the 58 countries that abstained from the vote. This is the third UN General Assembly vote against Russia since its invasion of Ukraine, which Armenia has abstained uh, from voting either way. On April 6, Reuters, citing its sources, reported that Russia had warned countries uh, at the UN that a yes vote or abstention to suspend Moscow from the Human Rights Council would be viewed as, quote, an unfriendly gesture with consequences for bilateral ties. And as the war continues to rage in uh, Ukraine, the death toll of ethnic Armenians has risen to at least 23. According to David Magarchian, the deputy chair of the Union of Armenians in Ukraine, 18 of them were civilians, while the other five served in the Ukrainian army. On the diplomatic front, yesterday, Ambassador Arman Hagopian handed his credentials to Israel's president, Isaac Herzog. Hagopian's predecessor, Armen Sympadian, was recalled from Tel Aviv on October 1, 2020, as a protest against Israel's continued arms supply to Azerbaijan even after it launched a full-scale war against Artsakh on September 27 of that year. And this week, the delegation of the Armenia Great Britain Parliamentary Friendship Group of the House of Commons was in Yerevan for an official visit. They met with Foreign Minister Arad Mirzoyan as well as Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan. During the meetings between the British delegates and Armenian officials, a wide range of issues was discussed, among them the recent tension in Arsakh, the negotiations on a peace agreement between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and Armenia's democratization processes. And in local news, Prime Minister Pashinyan was clear of all charges regarding the March 1, uh, 2008 case, in which he was accused of organizing mass riots and was sentenced to seven years uh, in prison back in 2010. Pashinyan was released as a result of a general amnesty after having served his sentence for over a year. And NVIDIA, one of the world's leading tech companies, has opened a research center in Yerevan. Uh, NVIDIA has an annual revenue of uh, $27 billion and employs over 20,000 people globally. Right, so we can end this week in review in somewhat of a positive note. Um, I don't think it helps much. Well, that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend, and we will be back again next Friday.